0: we all have dreams but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve that's where access credit union comes in whether it's going to college owning a car or building your dream home your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams access credit union funding dreams for over 50 years
1: And a new Irish record for Phil Healy
0: 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over
1: the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham County, Cork All Ireland champions, for the seventh time.
2: Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of The Southern Star, and I'm joined, as always, by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarty. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union is well known for supporting local West Cork sport at all levels. And we look forward to telling that story throughout the summer and beyond. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. On this week's podcast, we're looking at the return of club football action in West Cork and focusing on Clonacilty's impressive win over St. Michael's on Monday and chatting to Clon footballer Jack O'Mahony. And in part two, we'll be chatting to Ireland's longest jumper. Shane Howard of Bandon Athletics Club is Ireland's current Long jump champion and we'll chat to him About his career and some exciting developments In the club's future And Kieran, we we're not going to waste too much time this week We're going to chat to Jack O'Matney Momentarily but before we do Let's just briefly touch on The return of club football Around West Cork and around the country Over the weekend and on Bank Holiday Monday It was great to see so many games Being played and some of the pictures on social media As well Kieran, Any highlights to pluck out of the weekend that was?
1: Brilliant. First off, Jack, to see the club action back and it's it's back with a bang. Like the County League kicked off on Monday. There was Carberry Junior League on Tuesday night. And from here on in for the next couple of weeks and months, it's G.A. Hurling Football, Camogie, Ladies Football, which is absolutely brilliant to see. Um, look at that. Monday's action Kesselhaven lost at home To Valley Rovers In a 38 score Bonenza um, Veli's goals Won the day there Udun Van Rassa Had a good win At home to Melo On Monday as well A late late goal there Won the day for them Clan Kilti, As we hear now From Giacobaini Quite soon they needed a late score as well. It seems to be the order of the day on Monday that there was drama in abundance. Um, Sean who got the winning score for Clannock Kilty, Carbill Rangers lost away to Kilnamatra. Um, so Bantry Blues had a big win at home to St. Nick's. Bandon won as well. So a lot of local teams got their season off to a positive start. So just great to see the GA club scene back, Jack, because that's going to lift everyone's spirits important too Jack that fans were back at games for Monday as well 100 fans 100 spectators could enter club games and hopefully touch wood that'll go up to 200 fans next month so again we're on the road to something a lot better so it was great to have the GA back but Great to see fans there, too, because football is such a social outlet for so many people and for so many people in different communities throughout West Cork and beyond that they were able to get the games on Monday, have a chat with their friends that they mightn't have seen in God knows how long, look at the game, critique the players, kind of compliment the players, say what they want, but it was just great to see fans back, too. So, yeah, looking at this clan of Kilti, they beat St. Michael's by 12 points to 11. Clan Kilty's Kerry import Darrow O'Shea came up, Trump's with eight points, five those worth from play. Not to be confused with the former Kerry footballer Dara O'Shea. Um, he's long since retired, but this is a younger version. But also a man from West Kerry who played with Clan Kiltey footballers last year and was quite impressive. He's a he's a good talisman for for Clan to have, and he's he's proven he's worth. But ideal start to the season for the Clan Kiltey footballers. Howdy O'Neill is back in charge of them again. He's been there a couple of times now at this stage. It's either he's third or fourth time back in charge of the Clan seniors. And Jack will talk, you'll hear it pretty soon. We'll talk about having someone of that experience in and how Hawley, Hawley's football philosophy, how the Clan players will buy into it. So um, I started off by asking Jack how the body was after his first football game in eight months. The club GA made its return on Monday with a packed schedule of County League games. And amongst them was Clan of dramatic late win against St. Michael's. And joining us now on the podcast to look back at that game and ahead to clan season is Jack O'Mahony. Welcome to the podcast.
3: Thanks very much for having me, Karen.
1: Um It's the day after the game before, your first competitive game in a long, long while. How was the body feeling?
3: Well, it's feeling fairly sore now, to be honest. It's like, uh, it's like waking up after playing the first game ever or something. I feel like I was in a fight or something yesterday, really, to be honest. Like, it's just first game now since last September, I think.
1: That is a long stretch without a game. Kind of even well, coming up to the game, so against St Michael's on Monday, was there butterflies in this stomach? Like, were you were you nervous? Was, were you anxious? Were you excited? What was the feeling?
3: It was yesterday. It felt like playing championship. Like it was weird because, like, you know, league games. I've like been playing league games for the last for right? eight years, and a league game is a league game. It's like you know, some really feel like friendlies, but yesterday, and especially we on the main pitch. Main pitch was lined. There was a bit of a crowd there. I don't know if they're supposed to be there, but they were there and uh, it was just there was serious hype around it and the fact it was a bank holiday Monday I suppose and then it was on a four o'clock so you're waiting around all day to play it so it just it was weird I've never played a league game like that before
1: but it's it's, it's, a, it's great just to have the GA back and like you said there was last September since since you last played a game yeah. so how much did you miss actually playing games
3: it's miss. it's even you'd miss the games most but like as in you'd miss just jeez like there's only so much training you can do by yourself like and you like, as in obvious now like senior football, like you have to be at it all the time and be gym running the whole lot. But it's a lot easier doing it when you're in the lads and there's been a bit of crack. But then, like, the last day, when we we're getting to like January, February, and it seems just going on and on, and you're doing the same thing over again. But to be back then playing, training is one thing, which like, but to be back playing a game so fat. I thought it'd be a good one for I get to play lane. But like, we were all, you know, everyone wasn't any kind of on edge playing because we were so excited about getting a game. And we did a good few has made debuts as well. And it was just really nice to get back actually playing a game.
1: And looking at the game itself, it's Shaughanahan who popped up with a, a late late winner. Clan won twelve points to eleven. You mentioned there a couple of lads made their debuts and so on, and as well as getting back in the pitch, was it important to get that win to kick off the season as well?
3: I think massive for us, like because I think last year we before said before COVID we put, we put in a massive off season and we were training four nights a week from November. We did all that, and then we got to March and the whole thing got cancelled didn't train a few months then and we were just like what well, was going on. but then this year as well now four weeks we've been flat out I and mean, we have a Neil DC in training and he's fantastic and obviously Joe Hawley has a massive experience so Joe is just getting a win is important for us as well like the, the last two years we played Michaels, because they've hammered us and then especially with us we're missing whatever Joe we can't give out of it we're missing four lads we're playing with Cork all the time and just getting a win in the league is really important, especially to set up this year now with the top two going through and top two for the semi-finals and all that. I mean, like we'd love to be involved that way.
1: It sets you up well actually for the next couple of games. Like you said, there the way these county league cups are this year, there's it's groups of four teams. So you've got a win yeah. under your belt now and ahead of your next game, like you, you've points on the board, so it puts you in a fairly good position.
3: It puts in a great position though, like and I think for a away to kind of match the next in two weeks' time, so. So hopefully if we go in there and get a job done there, like we've been in a great position going forward, like and then we'd be playing Ross in the last game. So like I think actually the setup now with the four teams each is a great idea. Because it really I don't know was the league maybe getting a little bit stagnant at times. This I think it's a fantastic idea, to be honest.
1: And that's a tasty little derby against Ross I look forward to it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. There could be a lot on the line when that game comes around.
3: There's all look, there's always yeah. a lot of linear playing Ross, especially like they've had the better of us now for the last few years in championship. And I think you know. I don't want to get confident, but I think we definitely wasn't one at some stage. So hopefully, maybe Joe Ross of geez, they a very strong team as well. Like so, we'd always be up against it, against them. But like, so we have to fence ourselves as well?
1: Another significant part of the game yesterday was Hardy O'Neill. It was back as manager for I don't know is this his second, third, or fourth time? But he seems to he's back again. So, what's it like training under him? Because he's he's a local G legend. He's been there. He's done that. So what does he bring as a manager, and what's it like to play under him?
3: It's, like, it's mainly just, you know, experience for anything. but even things like, I think, like, people are trying to complicate things so much in terms of GA and how the professionalism these days, whereas Holly like, the main, keep it simple, like, he's like, if someone is in a better position, give them the ball, if you can shoot scores, you know, he just, and tries to bring in maybe a nicer side of football, more attacking style, and if else just confidence is key with him, like, and, Joe, it's a pure next man up situation now. With us as well, there's no names really matter to Holly in terms of the team. Everyone has to do a job. Like, I think we had lads. was it, Like yesterday, now we had three or four lads. came on because we were missing a good few yesterday that Joe, I'd say, it was the first time ever playing senior or ever been on a panel senior. And he just doesn't have a bother at all. If you're doing okay in training, you're in. And Joe, he's, like, I think he was manager in 96. when so my father played. And he was manager when they won the county, and he was manager in 2010 as well. So obviously he's... A massive experience, like, and we're delighted to have him. And he brought Neil DC in as well, the trainer who trained us under Truon a few years ago when We won a couple of West Corks, and he's fantastic as well. It's just there's a really nice kind of positive kind of vibe around the place at the moment. I think everyone's there now who thinks we can have a big year, and obviously it's essential to have Holly, Holly in there in the middle of it.
1: Like you said, the hope is to have a big year. And I know the championship is further down the line. Is that why the league is so important now to get those games, get those match minutes into you, give, give young fellas a go, build that panel, so when you do reach the championship, hope that could be August or so, the clan are in a really strong place?
3: Ah uh, yeah, 100%, like nothing's better than matches, you know, it's only so much you can do training, it's so much you can do through A versus B matches, but when you're in league matches, you really see what to have, what kind of way you play with your blood in, kind of young fellas as well, see how they get on in the games. Like, you, it's very hard to mirror a championship game. Now, yesterday it was similar to that kind of intensity, like, but it's all about getting as many matches under the belt as possible to get prepared for championship and just see where we are, really.
1: You mentioned earlier, too, that the the Cork contingent, obviously, they're not playing at the moment, but isn't it great to see Liam Donovan? He's back training fully with, with the Cork panel. Like, obviously, he got his cruciate injury, what, 12 months ago now, and, and he missed so much football. But to have Liam O'Donovan back, obviously, he's a huge asset to Cork football, but he's he'll be an yeah. even bigger asset to kind of kill when he comes back in.
3: 100% sure I think I was actually away when he did it it was against Valleys last year but like how dedicated he's been to his rehab is crazy like you know because I think I'd never seen a fella so positive after tearing his shit my whole life because within a week or two he was I think we played Ballon He the operation got a week or two after that he was training he was back doing his rehab stuff and I'd, I saw him then about a month later he was cycling everything like there was never going to be an issue with him his like attitude is always second to none and it'd be like hopefully now we can get it back this year it'd be fantastic to have him back in the panel. Hopefully he goes okay for Cork now as well. I think he'll be kind of trying to get back. I think he's back fully shiny now. So hopefully he can get back himself back in action there as well and keep himself healthy for us in August.
1: And you add in the Whites, Sean and Mark as well. And like I said, Leo Donovan, um, it's, it's a fairly strong clan panel. So looking ahead to the Championship, so the group with the Bars, Belling and Collegue and Island Rovers. What are your, your thoughts on that? I know it's a couple of months out, but having a quick look at it.
3: Yeah, it's pretty sure. Like it's, Besides Ireland, is the same group as we had last year, I suppose. And obviously, it's very tough because, you know, I know Ireland go well last year, with year before they gave Ross a good clip in. Like, so they're well able and they have a good young team as well, kind of similar ours, And it'll be West Hart Derby. And then, obviously, look, the Bars and Panicolic have crazy amount of talent. You know, they've won massive panels of 20, 25 lads who make more teams in the county. And, you know, but we got an awful beating against Panicolic last year. They were unbelievable on the day. So, like, we'll definitely. We, we, like, we'll know what we're facing but we have to back ourselves in today as well Like and so we have what, four involved of Cork we've loads and we lads who played underage for Cork and we just think that we have the talent now and I think we had a young team before but it's starting to kind of mature small but now so we hope that we can rattle the likes of your Tavares, Colleagues, Nemo's Castlehavens, all these people now and kind of put our print on the Championship
1: I'm Talking about putting a print on the Championship you mentioned you, your dad earlier part of the 96 clan team was football always a huge part of, of your house and your and your, your childhood growing up?
3: I suppose like there was no other way around the age honest, you know. My dad is fairly well known footballer and my brother, my brother played football. I can remember like I think the only underage in clan was underage. But my brother when he was my dad was training, so I was out playing from when I was about four or five. And this that's when I started down the old pitching clan and football, soccer, rugby, hurling, anything at all we could play, we'd do it like and George, the just sport was just so it's what you do. School every day, we sport with your friends every weekend. We sport, and so you know, that's you get into the whole kind of club ethos then as well. The clan, it's like a really tight in the club, and so you know, we had a very good underage teams growing up. We won counties every now, so now we're just trying to get the same thing into the senior football team. And hopefully, you know, obviously the goal is what to win a football county. Like and that's the same for everyone. And something like if we get through our careers and don't win that senior county, it's probably going to be a failure but it's just so hard to win it but that's what we want like football is number one
1: you mentioned that tradition too and clan more so than other clubs that tradition has always stood out to me kind of it's passed out from generation to generation like it's something that that, that you carry with with a lot of pride but can you can you see that too that how did the, the, the baton is passed to the next generation and so on
3: you can 100% yeah. even like i think a lot of the rfc football in this year have decided to, we've given hands with kind of different teams and the underage and it's weird then because you'd be, say I was with the under 13s of years ago, and there's so many lads training who I know their fathers who are maybe a few years older than me when I first played and It's just mad the way how it goes through the family generations and you just regenerate your new footballers and new hurlers going through the club and then the old lads be at all the games watching them and it's just pure it's just like, it's nearly like a cult or something the way they carry on with it. like But it's just, it's bred into you and especially down in West Cork, it's football country, you know. But like, it's just, it's a great thing to have as well. And it's lovely, you know, that since the teams are back training, like we were going out to Hamela on like say a Thursday night, the place is jammed. There's just underage the women, lads everywhere, training out in pitches. And it's fantastic to see after a long, depressing stint <laughs> with the COVID effect. Like, you know, but that's oh, just great being out there.
1: And as well as a tradition of, of players in clan, um, last year a couple of Kerry Leds came on board as well. And I see Darrochet kicked eight points against St. Michael's on, on yeah. Monday, so he's definitely proven his worth as well as Joe Grimes.
3: Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, look, they're both we were haunted to get through, and to be honest, like they're both fantastic players. You know, I think Darrochet is as marquee of far as you're going to see, you know, and like his stats help for himself. I think he always gets around six, seven points a game for us which is the idea, you know, Joe Grimes, they're a fantastic footballer, it's just, yeah, I think, like, if you look at any team in the county, you'd always see that there's always one or two lads that get in. If you look at the Havens or Nemo's or even the Bars, around, there's always a few stray lads who wander in, that you kind of, you need that, I think, though. you need the kind of different angles teams as well. It's just, it's fantastic to have them, really, to be honest, like, it's something we really
1: So What's the plan, so, for the rest of the week, in terms of rest and recovery?
3: rest recovery like there's a bit of mostly rest laying now because I'm half crippled but back training on Wednesday so there won't be much recovery but I think that everyone's going to it's one of those things there when you win a game on Monday you're looking forward to going training on Wednesday because there's a nice buzz around and then we'll be back training Friday and back training Sunday again but I think the hurlers are playing this weekend right so I'm not sure what we're doing for the weekend but as I said they'll be flat out as well now with the June hurling Camp semi final
1: and let's say Monday night. So kind of it was just after the game, like coming down after excitement of playing. Was it? Was it a feeling like obviously a feeling you missed not having it in, in so long? But how was it like to know you you played a game? You to know that Cloud had won part of an exciting game, and to know that you're you're back in, into the of things. what was that sort of feeling like?
3: It was just it was a feeling you nearly forgot existed. I suppose like you know because it just we hadn't had for such a long time, and especially with I suppose last year we when we came back after COVID we only played championship and the last two games we lost so it wasn't a great feeling after them and it was the first probably good feeling we've had since what we beat Carrick line last year and that wasn't even a great feeling after that because we felt we underperformed but yesterday and now just winning a tight game was it was a fantastic feeling altogether it's just great to get over the line and hopefully it will kick us on for the year
1: So hopefully clan have started as you mean to go on this season Thanks for joining us on the podcast Jack and best of luck for the, for, for the year ahead
3: That's all from Cheers for me and Kieran.
0: The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Here in one sporting
2: club we speak about a lot on this podcast and the success they bring to West Cork on a national and international scale is Skibbereen Rowing Club. But another West Cork sporting club that brings an almost equal amount of success to the region at a national and international scale is Bandon Athletics Club. There's, of course, the Balanine Bullet Phil Healy, who is Ireland's fastest woman. Her sister Joan also came up through the ranks at Bandon. And there's upstarts and big prospects like Nicola Tuttle, who is a specialist in the hammer. Ireland's longest jumper, Shane Howard, is also a graduate of Bandon Athletics Club. And he's this week's guest on the podcast. So, Kieran, tell us a little bit about Shane and what she spoke about when he caught up earlier this week.
1: You mentioned there, Jack, Shane Howard is Ireland's long jump champion, which is an incredible accolade to hold. So we, we did a chat just about the long jump because it always interests me, the technical aspect of the long jump. And Shane is coming from a multi-sport background. So he's done sprinting. He's done, he's done the hurdles. I think he did a pole vault as well. And it's just interesting to see how everything combines and why he picked on the long jump as a specialist subject. But the whole premise of our chat was because Bandon Athletic Club have launched a GoFundMe page to to raise a hundred thousand euro to so they can start work on their new development. So the club have purchased an eight-acre site just outside Bandon in Clonculee, I think the name of the area is, and there's huge a huge hugely ambitious project there that would be such a fantastic asset to West Cork Sport and even the general community. So they want to develop a 400 metre all-weather track, a field event area and an indoor training facility. So it's an absolute, like this club is the club that gave us Phil Healy. It's a club that's given us Shane Howard. Look at the Celtic Ross West Cork Sports Star Awards earlier this year. Three of the five winners were from Bandon Athletic Club. Billy Goodwin into the Hall of Fame, Phil Healy won the Overall Sports Star Award, and Nicola Tuttle won the Youth Sports Star Award. So, like you said earlier, Jack, this is a club that's producing seriously talented local athletes that are shining on the national and international stage. So it's brilliant to see the club now have their hopefully in a couple of years' time have their own place to call home. Because even though this club has been in existence for well over 50 years. They've never had a place to call home. They've used Bandon Grammar. A couple of days a week, a Friday and a Saturday, members of the club have to travel from Bandon up to CIT to use the track facilities up there. That's on a Friday evening and a Saturday morning. So they have to leave West Cork to get actual access to a full Tartan track. So a part of this development will have those facilities um, right here at home in West Cork. So I'd urge anyone, if they can, to hop on, GoFundMe.com and search out Build Our Dream Band in AC Track Fundraiser because the money now will help the first stage of this development to go towards development of the track. So um, I just urge our listeners to please support this because it's a very, very worthy fundraiser for a club that has done tremendous things for West Cork Sport. And one of their talisman, one of their main stars is Shane Howard. And as you'll hear from him now, he fell in love with the with the long jump very early on, and he, he's a man with very high ambitions. He, he knows where he wants to go, and he's also a man who made headlines during the first lockdown for jumping onto hay bales at the family farm in Ratcormack, so he talks to us about that as well. Join now on the podcast by Irish long jump champion Shane Howard and we're going to chat about his own athletics career and we'll also touch on Bandon Athletics Club exciting new development after the club purchased eight acres um, at a site in Clowncoolbjog just outside Bandon where they've got full planning permission for the development of a 400 meter all-weather track, a field event area and an indoor training facility. So it's pretty exciting times for Brendan Athletic Club. And the club recently launched a GoFundMe page too, and I'll get to that quite soon. But first, welcome to the podcast, Shane. Thank you very much. Like I said at the start there, you're the Irish um, long jump champion, but you're also a multi-event athlete. I was just checking up there and you've raced 60 metres, 100 metres, 110 metre hurdles, the triple jump, the pole vault, as well as the high jump. So how did you settle on the high jump then?
4: Um, I suppose I kind of did pretty much everything as a kid, Um, probably up to, I was probably 18, I'd say. I suppose the long jump was always my strongest throughout um, that's where I suppose getting the most medals and kind of progressing the most and I always had a natural spring I suppose in my set in terms of playing metrics and kind of just settled on that as I was pushing forward because I, I suppose we did look at decathlon I suppose when I was younger but it's just the the training for that and all the events it's quite it's quite difficult to fit everything in so kind of just went down the route of long jump then.
1: And how does someone find out that they're good at the long jump? You know, I, I know when it comes to sprinting, we've all sprinted as kids kind of down the, 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 the grass field at the back of the house. So how did you find out that you had a, had a, had a skill for the long jump?
4: Um, I suppose it was just kind of a natural spring um, that I had. I suppose I started athletics when I was very young. Um, I was probably about five or six. My older sister was in it and I kind of got pulled into it that way as well. I was always naturally quick. And um, I suppose when you're a kid, kind of six metres and long jump are kind of the first event that you ever do with distance racing. But I, I knew pretty early on that distance wouldn't be my thing. Um, and yeah, just naturally got into long jump quite quickly and picked it up quite quickly as well. And yeah, just drove on from there.
1: And the, the different sports complement each other, because if you're thinking of the long jump, there's, there's different parts to it. And obviously at the start, it's, it's the sprint. So one kind of feeds into the other then.
4: Oh, definitely, like all, all the long jumpers there, like they're they're very good sprinters. I suppose my speed needs to needs to pick up a bit to catch up. But um definitely like you know, you've that you're not you're not going to go anywhere in the long jump without your speed. Um so it's definitely it's definitely a big aspect of the long jump and you, you have to have it.
1: You were telling me before too, Shane, that there's there's four main areas to the long jump. There's the, the run up, the take-off, the flight, and the landing. What's the most important of the four?
4: Um I suppose definitely take off well i suppose you're kind of tied in with your your your, your speed in and your take off um, your take off is pretty much going to dictate everything in your jump and um, there's not a whole pile you can do in the air that's incorrect um if your take off is is well and um, you're just going to you're just going to travel through the air i suppose it's just just holding yourself up in the in the main positions but definitely take off is crucial to get those angles and to to use that speed that you're coming in with to, to get it into the air your, your distance
1: I suppose for someone like me, from the outside looking in, it looks a very technical sport. So, is the technical side of it a, a part you enjoy as well?
4: Yeah, definitely. I suppose that's what kind of drove me more into these events, along the long jump as well. It was the more technical aspect of it. Um, I suppose there's a lot more work there during the winter that we do, just in around takeoffs and technique and everything. And yeah, that, I suppose that'd be a big part but for me as well that I kind of enjoy that and constantly improving, improving that and, and getting better.
1: This is probably a silly question for me now, Shane, but when you're soaring through the air, have you time to think about anything for those milliseconds or however long that you're hanging in the air?
4: Uh, not much at all. Um, I suppose for me, it's just kind of thinking, I suppose I like concentrate on one thing in my in my mark because if you're concentrating on too much, you're, you'll probably get everything wrong. So it's just kind of picking that one thing, sticking with it and uh, driving through, but it, it it's over in a matter of seconds, the jump, like So you, you really don't have much time to think. It's just kind of straight into... Autopilot when you're
1: going. And you have a PB in the long jump. Is it seven meters, 53 centimeters? And I read before that you want to break that eight meter barrier. What do you need to do to to get there?
4: That eight meter, um, I suppose, definitely speed is an aspect of it. And I suppose speed building the rhythm and take off again. So, like, I think it was two years ago, my PB was from um, 761. And then last year, then I suppose I was in a good position to break that PB last year. But I suppose I peaked way too early. Um, I was kind of May June when I was ready to go. But sure as we know, that that was the height of lockdown then. So kind of I was tailing off then when competition started to come back in in August. So it's just unfortunate then. But definitely for this year, I suppose the big target is to is to keep just keep stepping up and kind of break that p v again and kind of step up into the 770s, 780s, and, and push on from there.
1: You mentioned lockdown. There was great pictures of you last year that were all over the national <laughs> papers. Yeah. You were you were you were training, jumping onto two bales of hay on the family dairy farm in in Rat-Cormack. Um Talk me through those pictures, so and and that training regime you put yourself through for that first lockdown.
4: Yeah, I suppose it was kind of nearly back when we were kids, because like we saw the be messing around on the farm, jumping on the hay and the straw bales and kind of the silage bales and everything. And um, I suppose a lot of drills they would do, especially in Ireland since it's always raining and um, we might go into hall and we I suppose do the long jump onto high jump mats and stuff. So I suppose bales weren't that far removed fair enough. They're a bit higher now. Um but it was just trying to replicate anything that we could to just just keep in tow and keep keep pushing forward with it, not to not to lose anything over the year.
1: And talk me through now what a normal training week for you is like. Um We touched on off-air that the Irish national championships are coming up later, well, at the end of June, so you're probably busy preparing for that now. So what's a normal week for you in the weeks leading up to the big event?
4: Yeah, I suppose now is very much tapering down. Um, not not doing as much as I would during the winter. During the winter, you have know, five, five solid days training, two days off at the moment, I suppose. we we dropped to four days and three days off but still, I suppose, doubling up on the sessions where we can with the speed and the weights and the jumps and the weights and, and that way. But I suppose everything's kind of um, tailoring off. I suppose my plyometrics have, have eased off. I suppose everything, everything's got quicker, uh, everything in the gym's got lighter and quicker. Um, it's just kind of pushing forward just to make sure that I'm in as best place as I can be for the championships.
1: And what's the season been like so far for you
4: um, I suppose I've only got in two competitions. We I kind of a micro meet there in CAT and didn't get off to a great start there. The weather was not the best and it was just, just about getting over seven meters, but was up in Belfast then a few weeks ago and had a season's best then of 742. So that was good and that everything was going the right direction. And then have another competition coming up uh, next week in AI Games. And then that will lead into the national championships then. So hopefully everything will keep stepping up.
1: And is the national championships the big one for you this year, or have you more targets later on in the year?
4: Um, yeah, I suppose definitely national championships is a big one. It's always it's always nice to win the national championships. and um, but I suppose looking for me the main goal this year is definitely to to break my PB and keep and keep stepping up and, and pushing on for next year. Um I suppose this year obviously the the big championships are the Olympics this year, but that that that's out of my reach. Um I suppose, looking on for next year, we were looking at the European Championships, which if the standards stay the same, at 7.95. So it's just keep pushing up and stepping up to that to, to, hit those, to hit those standards.
1: Have you seen those kind of signs and indicators in training where you feel that you're on the cusp of, like you said, they are going from the 7.70, 7.80s and getting up to that magical 8-meter barrier?
4: And definitely, because like, I suppose everything in training is tracked and they're constantly looking back at what we've done previously. And all my jumps and training are constantly up. My speeds, my speeds are up as well, and so everything is definitely pushing in the right direction. And it's def- it's definitely there. I suppose you just need that 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 one lucky day, lucky jump, uh, just to get it. Like because sometimes that's all it is when it comes to field events to get that that one good jump in or that one good throw. And once you ha- once you're there and you have the standards, you know that kind of stands with you for the next year or two, and you can just kind of keep pushing pushing
1: up in that sense. So when it comes to the days before the national championships, you'll be praying to the weather gods to make sure the conditions are just right <laughs> on the day.
4: Yeah, nice warm weather there with a, just a small, small breeze that doesn't go over two meters per second.
1: And you mentioned there that the Europeans are next year and you just touched obviously the Olympics are on in a couple of months time as well. Bigger picture looking forward, are they the sort of events that you want to target and push yourself towards those huge senior international events? definitely
4: yeah i suppose like the next step for me would be the the european senior championships and the standard for that is is 795 so it is is pushing up to get to that and to get to that eight meter mark you know that's kind of the the gold standard for every long jumper is to get to that mark and it's definitely where i see myself and want to want to be so it's just to keep pushing for, for those
1: events you mentioned there about training and I touched on it at, at the start as well about this new facility that Bandon Athletic Club are looking to develop. Um, you've used the facilities at Bandon Grammar and CIT, but when this um, development by Bandon Athletic Club is finished, um, you know, the club will have a place to call home. So for you to be able to, to train in, Bandon, in in Bandon Athletics Club new home, you should be looking forward to that because, like I said earlier, it's a very exciting development for the club.
4: Well, definitely. It's going to be big, I suppose. In aspect for all field adventures and everything we'll have an indoor facility where we can actually train and um, be in Ireland just especially during the winter like getting technical work done is quite difficult um, and it'd be great to have an indoor facility where you know you're warm and dry and you can get your work done so it's definitely going to be a big thing for the club and a big thing for Westcourt to have um, and it'll be great and exciting opportunity as well.
1: Like you said there, like that indoor area, as well as having space for sprints and long distance, it will also include jumps and throws area. And that'll be a huge step forward because even now, let's say for for, for athletes, um every is it Friday and Saturday, athletes in Bendon Athletic Club travel up to CIT to use the facilities up there, and that's 30 minutes, 40 minutes in the car one way, and you talk about rest and recovery and so on. So for Bending Athletic Club, eventually to have, like I said, a place to call home and have these top class facilities right here in West Cork, just outside Bendon it's going to be a huge boost to the club, but more so a huge boost for the athletes. Oh, definitely. It'll just take away all that travel time and, and trying to organise to get up to the city the whole time
4: and just have it right on your doorstep, especially with all the athletes that are kind of coming through banding at the moment, like like have Nicola and the Hammer, so you'll have a trois inside, and um, Dermot O'Connor in the multi-events, like you'll have a pole vault, long jump as well inside there as well. And then, you know, John as well, who just ran the European Junior Standard as well, 5k and Lauren McCourt as well in the 200, like she's chasing that 200-meter standard for European juniors Like so there's loads of athletes coming up through the club as well at the junior level and even younger that are going to have these facilities and, and just great facilities at their doorstep that will just really stand to them and I suppose as well for coaches as well because all the coaches in Ireland they're all, volunt- all voluntary so to have the facility right at the doorstep as well is going to be a big thing for them that they're not going to have to take even more time out of their day to travel up to the city or travel travel even up to Dublin to get facilities um just to have it right at the doorstep, which would be a
1: massive thing for the club. And as an athlete Shane how important is that rest and recovery? Oh, it's it,
4: like it's it's very important to have, I suppose, um, in terms of like, say from a power athlete or a speed or a jumper, um, as soon as you like your speed session or you hit on your, your central nervous system, like you're you're looking at like twenty four to forty eight hours for recovery. And between those sessions so it's really important to have that and you know it's it's a critical uh, factor of all athletes to ensure that you, know, you recover properly that you can you can go to the next day to be able to train again fully and to, uh, to have that all planned out that you be in good condition that you're not pushing yourself too much that you'll go into the territory of injuries that kind of way.
1: And you mentioned a couple of names of the band Club. Um, stars and rising stars that are doing great things at the moment. Obviously, you're Irish long jump champion, Nicola Tuttle is the Irish um, women's uh, long throw um, champion. Phil Healy's doing great things as well, kind of in in, Masters, in the sprints. Fiona yeah. Harrington, Lauren McCourt, kind of like it's it's a great time for Bendon Athletic little, Athletic little Club too, across all different sports.
4: Oh, definitely. Like like it's definitely picking up, and especially with Phil, you know. She's pretty much, I'd say, she's going to get the three events for the Olympics, which is which is massive. Like, not in mind just one, like to get the three, it's a really big thing. I suppose she's leading the charge in that sense, and then obviously all the youngsters looking at her uh, coming up along the way as well. It's a big thing, and then it's definitely the club is definitely developing on. Like, I think we've one of the biggest juvenile bases in Ireland, which is which is huge because Bantam, I suppose, has a huge catchment area as well, and uh, it's great to see like everyone coming through, and there'll definitely be a few few raising starters coming up through the ranks uh, within the club.
1: And how inspirational is it for all of you to see someone like Phil Healy, a Bandoned Athletic Club member, doing what she's, what she's doing? Like you said, she's on, on track, touch wood to qualify for three events in Tokyo. She's she's taken Irish women's sprinting to the next level. So for so many young members in the club to be able to look up and like they'd want to be the next Phil Healy. So it must be really driving standards in Bandoned Athletic Club as well.
4: Oh, it's definitely a big thing, especially the fact. Do you know that you, you'd know someone that is going to the Olympics? That you're kind of you're looking there, being like, okay, I, I, like I know this person. This is this is a possibility. Usually, you just kind of look at it on the TV and you're like, oh god, like, will I ever get there? Or how how do people get there? I suppose just to to know someone local or someone that you, that you trained with. Because like myself and Phil are the same age, like, and I've I known Phil growing up through through the ages because we did athletics when we were both kids and. Um, you know, just to have, just to know someone or have someone that, that's reaching those standards, it's a big thing, and especially, and it's very it's very good for the club, especially as the younger athletes looking up to say, oh, Phil's in the mic club, I've seen Phil train around the place, and now that she's going to be going to the Olympics, like it is, it is a big thing, and it will definitely, definitely drive on the youngsters to do better and get better.
1: It's a testament to Bending Athletic Club and all the coaches that so many athletes are achieving so many great things. And like we said um, at the start as well, Bending AC have launched a fundraiser on GoFundMe to to help raise the first hundred thousand that will go towards phase one um, of the development um, of the new, the new facilities. So just go to GoFundMe.com and search for build our dream Bending AC track fundraiser, and please make a donation because like I've said, but what this club has done for athletics and sport to put West Cork on the map is phenomenal. So let's, let's all help out now and help this club achieve their dream. So Shane, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Best look luck in the weeks ahead and best of luck at the Nationals. No doubt you'll be um, making headlines in the Star Sports pages again by the end of the month. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union dreams for over fifty years.
2: Now, Kieran, before we wrap things up on this week's podcast, let's quickly oh, let's quickly even touch on what's to come in this week's Southern Star Sports section. I was going to stop and re-record that part, but I thought, no, it's not worth it. We don't have time. So let's get on with it. Kieran, what do we have to look forward to in Thursday's Southern Star Sports section?
1: We didn't even touch on the podcast yet, but the Cork footballers are taking on Westmead in on Saturday at Parky Cueve in the Division 2 relegation playoff. So this is a game that the Cork footballers have to win. If they lose this, they're relegated right back down to, to Division 3, and that would be a disaster for this team and their development. So I caught up with Cork boss Ronan McCarthy over the weekend to get his thoughts on this game against Westmead and what he feels this Cork team needs to do to bridge the gap to the... To the very very top teams, so that's in Thursday Southern Star. Holly O'Sullivan's column is a cracker this week. He's actually he's looking at what players need to do themselves and the basic skills and the work ethic work ethic and how a player needs to take responsibility for their own action if they want to improve. And he uses his own childhood and as an example of what he did when he was young to help him progress to eventually become a Cork senior footballer. So. That is well worth reading. We also, Jack, you'll be delighted to know, have news about the return of West Cork soccer. Um, not only is the school boys, the West Cork school boys and school girls league kicking off this weekend, and we have all the news about that. The draws are made for the various summer cup competitions for the West Cork league, including the Beamish Cup, which will be back in a couple of weeks' time. And there's a heavyweight meeting of Dunmanway and Drina Rangers in the open round there. So that's Thank you. one. That's one to whet the appetite. So we've mm-hmm. the, we've all the information there on, on West Cork soccer. couple of live club match reports in this Thursday Southern Star as well. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. We have live GA back. So kind of killed against St. Michael's report. John Murphy was in Skibbereen to watch a Donovan Ross even beat Mello. Joe McCarthy was down. In on Monday morning, as Castle lost to Valley Rovers. We have a junior game from Tuesday night, we will be in there. We've mid Cork games. Um, we also have a good interview with Maeve Cahillan, the Cork GA Jules star, who's in for a busy week in Jack. On Saturday, the, the Cork footballers take on Donegal in a Division One league semi final. And then Maeve is out with the Cork Camogie team on Sunday when they take on Galway in a league semi final. So Um, This is Maeve Cahillan from the famous Cahillan clan. Do you think of Niall Cahillan, Damon Cahillan, Connor Cahillan? So football is in their DNA, so it's a good chat with Maeve. So as you can see, there's that and a lot, lot more. It's action-packed.
2: Brilliant stuff, and that will be available in shops across West Cork from Thursday morning. But if you can't make it to the shops, you can always subscribe online. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read the Southern Star on your computer tablet or smartphone for less than two euro per week absolutely stonking value thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast this week we'll be back at the same time next week if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts Slán tán.
0: We all have dreams but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve That's where Access Credit Union comes in. Whether it's going to college, owning a car, or building your dream home, your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
2: listening to a Southern Star Media podcast production. Subscribe to the Southern Star wherever you get your podcasts. For more, visit www.southernstar.ie.